Thank you for listening to the Sunrise Message of the Week podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sunrise Christian Center and our sponsors, the Send Network and Seattle Bible College. Help us get the word out by subscribing, downloading, rating, and commenting on our podcast. The more you interact with our content, the more people will hear it. This week, Pastor John continues our Kingdom Heart of a Disciple series with a message entitled, Fasting. So I want to continue our Kingdom Heart of a Disciple series. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. And we've been doing this little part of this sermon where Jesus says, when you do this, when you give, when you pray, and now he tells us the third one, when you fast, when you fast. And I'm, I'm thankful, I, I don't remember if it was in first or second service or both services that I said, I'm preaching on fasting next week and I'm glad that you showed up because this might be one of the least popular uh, topics for people to want to hear about. Um, especially at the 11 a.m. service when their tummy starts rumbling uh, for lunch and we're talking about abstaining from food. Well, I don't know if you, uh, how you feel about life hacks, shortcuts, um, but there's a lot of you know, people that uh, wanna, you wanna find what's the easiest way to get something done. Is there some kind of information that I could have that would save me time, save me money, be more efficient, be less stressful? And so we've got all these people that write life hacks and shortcuts and there's all these little videos now on TikTok or Reels or, or Facebook or, or Instagram that, that uh, give us these little ideas of how to make a meal more simply or how to you know, do all these different little things that... Uh, would, would be more helpful for us. And uh, my son, he, uh, one time he was uh, w- with my wife and they were eating and, and Grace had white pants on. And my son has an uh, affinity for ketchup. And so uh, he, uh, he pours the ketchup out and it kind of like, I don't know, the bottle squirts or he just uses too much. But the ketchup launches onto his mom's white pants and she's like, Justice, you just got ketchup all over my white pants. And he's like, life lesson for you, Mom. Don't ever wear white pants. <laughs> he's still alive. He's still alive. Just want you to know. <laughs> but we're looking for those life lessons, those life hacks. And I want to tell you that I believe there is a shortcut. If there, if there was a shortcut in God. I'm not, not that there is any, I'm not saying there's any easy ways or any easier roads, but I'm just saying is that there is a path towards spiritual breakthrough that is probably the way that none of us want to go, right? Uh, but probably a way that we need or a way that would be effective or powerful for us. And, and, and I'm not going to tell you that, that fasting um, is an easy way or the, is a shortcut in that sense because it's a hard road uh, when you practice a fasting when you practice fasting or practice a fasting lifestyle. But I want to say that there is incredible power in a believer who spends time fasting and praying. So Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 16. He said, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
Father God, I pray for these few minutes that we have to look at your word, that you would give us a conviction, Lord God. And I believe that uh, as followers of Jesus, you call us to participate in our faith through these disciplines, these means of grace to grow as followers of Christ, to grow in Christ-likeness, to grow in effectiveness, to grow in our understanding of the authority and power that we have in Christ. And, and also, Lord, I believe in this kind of crazy time period of 2020, 2021, that fasting would be something that would be very dynamic for your people, Lord God. It's always important in every generation, in every age. But Lord, I believe that we're living in a time where believers are being allured by secularism, by starting to stay away from church, by starting to maybe stay in their jammies a little more and maybe consume a little more content and just got used to not going to church or, or not being around other believers. Or maybe, Lord, we're getting cultivated more by the spirit of the age and the news cycle. But Lord, you give us these kind of gifts like fasting to form us and cause us to be subversive and break out of the patterns of the ways of this world that would try to enslave us or dull us, Lord God. Lord, I believe you want to do something great through your church in this hour. And so I thank you for fasting. I thank you for prayer. I thank you for giving. I thank you for these different means to cause us to participate in the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So fast. In fasting, uh, Jesus says this again. He repeats it. When you fast, in these, and when you fast, do, when you fast, don't do it like the hypocrites. When you fast, uh, uh, don't uh, tell other people about it. When you fast, put oil on your head, right? When you fast, he's just drilling down like that. This is going to be something that his followers do. This is something that a kingdom-hearted person does. Now, I know that if we were to add an E in here, we have no problem with that, right? Feasting, everybody, we're all about, there are biblical feasts, there are times to feast, there are times to celebrate, there are times, right, where the Lord says, eat the fat and drink the sweet, baby, and, and we need to learn how to party and celebrate. And I'm not going to tell you that you need to commit to fasting today on Super Bowl Sunday, because some of you probably already, uh, even if you don't have a dog in the fight, if you will, right, even if you don't, I uh, mean, that's a bad uh, uh, illustration to use in 2021, right? Um, but even if you don't, uh, um, even if you don't care who wins the Super Bowl, I saw one of my, a, a pastor in our fellowship, he's a children's pastor from Wisconsin. He said, uh, he made a little post online. He's kind of really like a comedian. And he made a little post. And he said, when we said we want things to return to normal, it, uh, we didn't mean Tom Brady in another Super Bowl. And I was like, that is really funny. Um, uh, but so maybe you don't care about who wins, but like feasting, no problem, right? Feasting, no big deal. But fasting, what is fasting? It's abstaining from food. Really, it's abstaining, and, and some biblical fasts were abstaining from food and drink for a time. Some were abstaining completely from uh, just from food. And then we see some uh, things like Daniel going without meats or sweets or going uh, for a, a time where he would have only eaten, it appears, fruits and vegetables uh, a couple of times um, in, in the book of Daniel. And so where we give ourselves to a, a full fast would be uh, no food, and a partial fast would be um, abstaining from certain types of food. And I uh, want us to see that Jesus is expecting that this is something that his followers would participate in as a lifestyle. Again, it's when, not if, right? So he, first of all, he tells us how not to fast. He says, don't be a hypocrite or do it for attention. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is like a theater term where somebody puts on a mask. Uh, a, a hypocrite was like somebody that was playing another character and he's saying, don't 
fast like the hypocrites. Don't do it to put on a mask, to put on a show and have everybody be like, golf clap, you are so spiritual. Look at you, you go girl, you go guy, whatever, right? That's not, Jesus is saying that is how you don't fast. You don't fast to get attention. You don't fast to get glory from men. Now, some Christians get I think, misunderstand the heart of Jesus. It's almost like when we say, we're gonna fast as a church and, or you're with another Christian and you're like, hey, can we get together? And like, you go to a coffee shop and like, I'll just have water. And the Christian, other Christian's like, are you fasting? And you're like, if I tell you I lose my reward in heaven, I gotta keep it quiet. You know, or you're almost like, no, why did you ask me? Now I've lost everything I've tried to gain. You know, like it, it doesn't mean that it's wrong that somebody finds out, but he's saying what is, he's looking at the issue of your heart. Are you going around posting like, I'm on day five of a fast. I'm getting really close to God. Man, I'm not like all those other Christians feasting on Super Bowl. I've decided to fast. So how much more spiritual I am. That's what he's talking. He's talking about rubbing it in people's face and doing it for a show and acting maybe extra sorrowful or like, you know, uh, acting disheveled. Because fasting can be a time where you do mourn, where you do grieve, where you do realize how hungry and desperate you are for God. And you become aware. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's very easy to become aware of my brokenness or my human limitations when I'm on a fast because I'm physically weak. And sometimes we are addicted to food and we have chemical reactions in our body. And the more we're addicted to processed food or different things, sometimes it's not that far into a fast and all of a sudden headaches come or different withdrawals or cravings. And your body says, feed me, feed me, feed me. And there's these, you know, these chemical reactions that go, uh, there's all these nerve endings between your small intestine and your brain. If you didn't know that, it's like where we have the most connections between each other. So all of a sudden when you start starving your gut, your, your gut sends these little signals to your brain and says, this is the time where you give us what we want. And the more junk food or sugar food we do, the harder it is to go without that because we've trained our body to live. Now, uh, there's nothing that says that mankind needs to have a big breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner with several snacks in between and a late night snack before bed to survive and get enough calories. It's very possible that people can actually go uh, a day or two fasting and have no problem, can skip a couple meals. But we're so conditioned by culture, by the food industry to think that like, you know, if you didn't eat this many calories today and you didn't get this and you didn't do this. And so people are like, have you eaten enough? Have you eaten enough? And like, honestly, a lot of us have eaten enough, um, myself included, um, at many different times to be okay for several days without food. And there's some incredible resources. I have a blog that I wrote a while ago to talk about our, our three to seven fast. We're doing these four times this year. We're going to do a church fast together um, for three to seven days. You get to choose if, between three and seven days. I mean, you get to choose if you want to participate at all. But I'm asking people to consider at least fasting for three to seven days. Our next one will be March 27th to April 3rd, right before Easter. We're going to ask you to fast for three to seven days, and we'll, we'll get those dates out as we get closer again. But, uh, and, and I would encourage you uh, to find different rhythms, but I wrote an article. There's incredible breakthroughs. There's a facility in Santa Rosa, California um, that uh, is actually medically supervising extended water fasts, and they're seeing people healed of all kinds of diseases. They fast between five to 40 days, and they get their daily blood work, and if people are on medications, they help people stay on some medications or wean off medications in a, in a careful way. But they're seeing really what they would, uh, would appear to most people to be miraculous results. But now through science and study, we're able to observe these things. And things that people used to think were quackery and that Christians were crazy 
for practicing fasting, science is now catching up <laughs> to the word of God that fasting, whether it's intermittent fasting or fasting one day a week or doing extended fasting. If you're going to do extended water fasting, you should get some kind of, you should do research and get some kind of medical supervision to do it, especially if you've had health challenges or things like that or you're on different medications. You want to be careful when you do long-term fasting. But what we were learning is that fasting is incredibly dynamic for people's physical health. Uh, and even, I, you know, I have testimonies from people that even people's mental health and things like that, things get transformed when people fast. And you don't always have to go on a long fast, but one of the reasons I want to encourage us to do these extended fasts of three to seven days throughout the year is that your body gets better at fasting the more you do it. The benefits add up. It, your, the benefits accumulate when you live a fasting lifestyle. And so we're not to fast to get attention, but we are to fast to do it for God. That's what Jesus said. This is an invitation for you to experience again intimacy and connection with the Father who sees the secret things that you do for Him. Fasting is, an, is something that it, it'll benefit you, but it's for God. We fast because we just want him more than everything else. And there is nothing more desperate than saying, I'll go without food to have you. It's like fasting is like where we, we put our body into alignment with what is every Christian, every Christian, hopefully, in your heart and soul, in your mind, you want God. You want his glory. You want to know him. That's why you follow Jesus. Now fasting is like, let's put our body involved in this thing. Let's not just say with my heart, my mind, my spirit, my worship, my singing, a little bit of my time. But now let's give God my food. And instead of feasting on food, I want to feast on God. And I don't want to experience his glory. I want to experience intimacy with him. I want to, I, I, I want to be near him. And, and the first reason I think that Jesus has instructed his followers to fast, and what we learn about fasting, I think, through the word of God. And fasting, I think, is very easy to couple biblically with repentance with confession, with removing distractions and things in our lives and focusing on God. I would say the first biblical reason that we should fast is detox. Detox. I'm just going to give you a couple simple points today. We need to detox. Our bodies need to detox. If you start reading on the science of fasting, if you start checking out some of these videos and things that I recommended in my blog post, I would encourage you to go to our, our church website and, and, and go to our, our blog and, and look at some of these videos and books and resources. We need to detox. My chronic health issues that I had that you've heard about, and um, thank God my weight started to come back up, my strength has come up, and I've, I've pretty much, as far as I can tell, experienced a, a full reversal of my disease disease symptoms, and it came through finding, I went through many different medical routes. I saw naturopaths, medical doctors, specialists. I had scopes and scans, multiple blood tests, parasite tests, all sorts of things, and everything was inconclusive. But when I found somebody that believed in the importance of detoxification, and I was, I never, I mean, I didn't ever perceive myself to be a really large person that I thought I didn't have a problem. I'm fairly thin. And so I, I don't, you know, but the toxins that came out of me over the last two years, we won't talk about that on a Sunday morning too much. Okay. 
But what became very apparent to me as I started to detox, and then I, I got to a certain point of health where I, I had lost so much weight from my sickness that I wasn't able to fast early on in this regimen that I was on. But as I started to get better, I started to add fasting, water fasting and juice fasting. And all of a sudden, I found the benefits of detoxification. And I found out that when, you're, when you give your body rest, you let it detox, your body, your God designed your body to heal. Just like when you cut your finger, your cut heals when you just give it time. Your body was made to regenerate. Why do we think things don't work on the inside like they do on the outside? But what happens is we eat so much food, we eat so often, we eat so much processed stuff, we don't give our body time to detox. Our inner body needs a break. On the outside, yeah, I mean, if you kept rubbing your finger on that cut over and over again, it wouldn't heal because you kept aggravating it, right? So on the inside, when you fast, you give your body a break. And those internal wounds and damage that you've done, you give it a break. Just like you give your skin a break on the outside, things start to heal on the inside. It's amazing. And this is with chronic disease. There's acute diseases that fasting, we don't know, you need a miracle, you need some kind of intervention. I'm not saying it treats every single thing, but for many chronic diseases, they're reversible when we give our body time to detox so that it will go to a place where God designed it to heal. But this detox is not just physical and fasting. Detox is also spiritual, emotional. We need, we need a time where we commune with God and we grieve over the things that we need to grieve over. And we confess the things that need to get out of our lives. And we, we, we become dependent on him. There is a spiritual dynamic of detox that is very important. And if you would have asked me before 2020, if I thought media fasting or, you know, not watching movies or TV or social media was a type of fasting, I would have probably told you no. Because I'm like, and I would say there really is no dynamic that happens to you. Bodies soul and spirit like fasting from food there really isn't that's what the bible means when it says fasting but i believe there's a principle that we can extrapolate that in the craziness of our culture is that we also need to do some detox from our influences and our sources we get so stressed out so fired up so caught up in the news cycle i mean literally people are so afraid and i'm not saying i know some people have legitimate health concerns and i'm not saying you should be back at church but I'm saying that there's times where it's like people will literally be under so much control of what the media says that they'll, they'll, they won't do something on this day because they're scared of a disease. And as soon as the news says, well, tomorrow it's safe to go out now and nothing's really changed in the atmosphere, right? Nothing's really more safe or less measurably the next day. But the government has chosen that tomorrow you can go eat at a restaurant. All of a sudden be like, I'm okay going to a restaurant. I'm okay sitting there now. I'll feel okay. It's be, and, I, and I'm not trying to get into all the science or the math or no mask or any of that. What I'm trying to say is we have, there is so much control over what media tells us, over what we perceive to be the popular notion of what everybody else is doing in the day, that it greatly affects our behavior more than we think. And fasting is a time to withdraw, to turn off the TV, to turn off the news, to turn off the social media channels, even the people you agree with. You need to detox from them sometimes and make sure that you're not getting colored more by what other people are saying than by the word of God. And you've got to allow God to really speak to you. And I wonder how many of us in the crazy chaos of elections and, and all the different stuff going on. And I mean, I, I don't even have time to go into all that stuff today, right? But there's, there's, there is a lot of corruption in our culture. But just because there's a lot of corruption, if you start feeding on how much all the bad the corruption is, what does that do to your soul as a follower of Jesus? Even if it's real and true, what does it do to you as a follower of Jesus? Does it make you more Christ-like? Are you able to make a difference? What has God given you? We need to detox. 
And the second reason I believe God has given us fasting, I'm being very general and big picture, is not only to detox from the idols and the sin and the false things, false ideas that try to pervade, but it's for revival. He's giving us fasting for revival. A revival of saying, I need God more than anything else. And I don't know about you, but if any revival I've read about, it's not about who a president or a king is or a ruler. It's not about great people. It's very often just about humble people that are just so desperate for God. It's about a couple old ladies in a church. It's about a couple ministers getting together and confessing their sins and getting on their face before God and saying, we will pray and we will seek the face of God and we will fast and we will call on God because we need God. He's the only resolution for the brokenness of our nation, for our church, for our city, for our culture. And you get desperate before him in the place of prayer and fasting. I'd shared in our revival prayer series not too long ago about fasting as well. And so I don't want to go over all of those same points today. But there was a man that had a huge impact on a lot of the great healing revivalists. And he wrote a book called The Atomic Power of Prayer and Fasting. And he knew that when you coupled prayer with fasting, there was something great that resulted. And many of the ministers in his generation that began to practice prayer and fasting like T.L. Osborne and several of the other healing evangelists had incredible miracles and breakthroughs after going on extended fasting. It was a huge key to the success of their ministries. The greatest figures in the Bible, uh, Moses, Daniel, Jesus, Paul, they all practice fasting. And how do we want the results that they bring, but we don't want to adopt the practices or lifestyle that they lived. They lived, they lived uh, this principle of fasting out and they saw incredible results. But I believe that we're in a time where we need revival and we need awakening. And I believe that the world is seducing the church. Uh, the evil one is seducing the church through the world systems of just what's going on in the world. You know, and it just started to break my heart. I saw some article that I don't agree with, but I saw some headline that, you know, global travel will not fully expand. I think it said till 2026 was the new thing that I saw. And I thought, this is so evil. Like we are in the middle of the greatest spread of the gospel in human history. And now when we halt travel and we limit travel, there are places in the globe that need Christians, that need missionaries. And I'm not just saying American missionaries, but we need Christian missionaries from all over the world that if travel is banned, the advance of the gospel is being is being squeezed a little bit you know and so and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking to pastor friends and I haven't gotten any messages like this but I'm talking to some of my pastor friends that are getting messages from their people saying you know what I think that I'm just going to be an online church attender for the probably for the rest of my life I really feel a part of your church but I just love watching from home I'm going to keep giving I'm just going to keep be, being here and I'm thinking oh, we're getting cultivated by the spirit of the age we're getting cultivated by something that's temporary and not holy Holding on to what is eternal and what is what should be permanent in our lives as followers of Jesus, that we gather as the saints, that we come together to be the people of God, to pray together, to worship together, to sit in our teaching, to break the bread of communion and to drink the blood of Christ together and experience his living and abiding presence. Right, And this isn't a shame on anybody who's in a temporary situation. I understand and I appreciate that you stay home if that's where you need to do for your needs. And we love you. right? But what I'm saying is, is that we're, we're being cultivated by this age. And we got to realize that things like fasting and prayer and giving, these are things for us to break out of the world system. Because this isn't the way of the world. The way of the world is go eat a nice dinner and go eat more. And have super size. And have extra. And get a coupon to come back tomorrow. And buy one, get one free. And 
you know, happy hour at Starbucks and you get double junk frappuccino. Like, and so it's like feast, 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 right? And, and, and then, uh, you know, it's like, you know, everywhere you go, they're like, what prescriptions are you? Like, we expect everybody by a certain age to have a laundry list of prescriptions. And, you know, this is, this is God. So when the Christian is like, I'm going to fast, and I'm going to abstain from food, and I'm going to fast from some of the media, and I'm going to seek God, and I'm going to behold God, and I'm going to feast on his presence, and I'm going to commune with him. Jesus says, the unseen one. He said this about prayer. He said it again about fasting. The unseen one sees you when you don't do it to be seen by men, but you do it to behold him for revival. And I believe that we can have a personal revival through participating in our faith. And I want to challenge you as Christians in this hour to not be dulled by the world. Don't let this temporary time. Don't let the news cycle. Don't let the headlines and what other people say dull your faith in God and get you all worked up and worried and get you separating from the church and separate, but engage in prayer, engage in giving, engage in fasting, make war against the world system, make war against how the world, uh, Paul said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, the world is trying to conform you or press you into its mold, but you as a believer, you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I would submit to you that things like giving and praying and fasting, there are ways for us to transform our mind and to live counterculture, to live subversive against the ways of the world. And so I want to I experience revival like we've never experienced before. I want God. I want healing signs and wonders. We're scheduling revival nights through the rest of the year. Times where we're bringing people in. We're going to worship and pray and seek the face of God. But we're not going to see revival if we as a people don't get desperate in prayer and fasting. I saw a spirit of brokenness. I saw a spirit of, of prayer and fasting on a Friday morning at man prayer. Where uh, people just got on their knees and just began to weep before the Lord and say, We need God. We need his kingdom. We need be whole and we need holiness. We can't settle for lesser than God himself, than the kingdom of God manifesting in our city and in our nation. And there was such a hunger. And there's people that fast and pray that shape history and that God shares his heart with. There was a story in Beautiful Resistance by John Tyson about a man named Billy Humphrey in Atlanta, and he was leading a house of prayer, and they started a prayer and fasting initiative. And Billy Humphrey, as a white leader in the body of Christ, his heart started to get broken for the issue of division and racism in Atlanta, and God gave him a vision through prayer and fasting to birth a movement called One Race Atlanta, and I like that name, One Race, because there's only one human race. There's not a black race and a white race and a Jewish race and an Asian race and a, you know, there is, there's one human race. But he got a burden, and he's brought in unity amongst black and white leaders, and some of my friends that I've met in some of the leadership networks, I've been, they've been a part of these events, and they'll have tens of thousands of people, pastors coming together, praying together, working together on local issues, supporting each other, and bringing unity to the body of Christ. And they're making waves across the nation in some ways. And it all starting from people just fasting and praying. God births dreams and visions that can shape human history through people that fast and pray. We want revival. I want revival. Fasting should never be a duty or obligation out of legalism. No one should ever impose a fast upon you. It should always be something that you, truly free, you choose freely to participate with. But our father, Jesus shows us he's the best father. He's worth giving up some meals for because you get to commune with him in a special way. And Jesus, that's what he does. He shows us the way back to the father. He says that the father is waiting for you to fast. He's expecting that you're going to fast. The father in heaven wants you to encounter him. Do you know that? He wants to share his life with you. I, 
I've had some fasts that just felt like misery. <laughs> and, and I've had other fasts that feel like heaven on earth. But what I know is that when I fast in obedience to what the Lord says, it's not about what I feel. If I feel like I accomplished a lot or had really close goosebump feelings with God's glory or whether I felt like what was the point of that, that I've always, it's always produced fruit in my life. And I do it to please him. The father sees you when you fast. When the unseen one sees you, he says that he brings open reward to your secret obedience. And this is an area where the Father, you want promotion in your Christian life. You want open doors. You, I want to know God more. Pray and fast and couple those things together and watch how you'll experience God in new ways. Watch how you'll experience his power in new ways. Jesus shows us the way to the Father. And this is ultimately what Jesus came to do was to show us who the Father really was. And through John's gospel, he was, Jesus would taught, taught that to his disciples. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We know what the Father is like in the person of Jesus. Jesus is the clearest image of God that we have. He's now historical, personal, representing God to man in the flesh. And we know what the Father's like. Jesus is not healing the sick. Like, hurry, my Father's not looking right now. He would keep you sick to teach you a lesson, but I'll open your blind eyes real quick. Oh, hurry, hurry, we only got about five seconds. He's, he's helping somebody in North Korea right now. Okay, hold on. No, no, Jesus... When Jesus opens the blind eyes, the father's like, he's extending his hand with his son and he's saying, that's my boy. That's, what I that's who I really am. That's what I really wanted to do was to liberate people from their sickness. I wanted to liberate people from their sin, from their weariness, from the ways of the world. Jesus shows us the way to the father. If you like Jesus, you like the father. If you like Jesus, you like God. Jesus is God in the flesh. It was foretold through the scriptures that Jesus would come, that he would come as the Messiah and that he would come to die for the sins of the world, to be buried and to be raised again. And it was foretold that this same Jesus who died for the sins of the whole world, that he's coming back one day. And I'm telling you, the purpose that he came was so that you could know him and the Father and you could spend eternity with him forever and ever. And if you open your heart to Jesus today, then you'll get a relationship with your Father in heaven. You'll get a relationship with God, the thing that you've always needed and that he's longed to give you with his whole heart. Then fasting becomes a means just to know him more, to cultivate our life as a disciple, to, to push away distractions and things that try to rob us from fully encountering and knowing God. It's not that you have to fast to get good graces with God or to manipulate God. God wants to share his life with you. He wants to share his kingdom, but there's so much stuff in the world's atmosphere and system. There's so much stuff in food. There's so much stuff in media. There's so much stuff in culture that we got to detox from and we got to get separate. We got to get silent. We got to get quiet. We got to skip some meals. We got to be in that place and give ourselves those times to experience what he always wants to give us all the time. But fasting then positions us to be in a place where we get to be in alignment with God and let his power flow through us to touch the world around us and do what he intended to do all along. Amen. I'd like you to stand on your feet as you close with me in prayer today. Father, I just want to thank you for the invitation to fast. And it's not the most enjoyable thing to do is to skip a feast sometimes, <laughs> is to skip a meal, Lord. But yet you've given us this as a means of grace, as a means of getting to break out of the junk of the world, Lord, and to just be intimate with you and to know you and to see us detox from the idols, the distractions, the sinful habits, the food, the different things that could be clouding our ability to hear and know you and walk with you as Lord of our lives. And you've given us fasting as a gift for revival, to humble ourselves as we humble and repent and detox, 
to have awakening, to behold you, to experience your glory. And we are desperate for revival, God. We need you in this hour. We need you in this hour. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone in the sound of my voice here in person or online that does not know you, that they would call on your name as Lord. And I wonder if you're here today and you're not right with God. You don't have confidence that you have eternal life. You want to get right with God today. I just want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to call on Jesus as Lord. I don't want to be right with God. My life has not gone the way that it should. I have not taken the path that I should. And I want to turn from my sin and give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody today that would do this? That was willing to confess, I've sinned, I've gone astray. Jesus is Lord. He died for me. He rose from the dead. I believe that and I want to follow him. Is there anybody? It's as simple as a prayer as you need to pray. If you're watching online, call out to him and you'll never be the same. If you need to get water baptized, get a form. We want to baptize you next uh, Sunday. But if you're here today and you need any prayer, the altars are open. We're happy to pray with you and minister to you. Father, I pray your blessing over your people. Give us a grace to fast, Lord, not out of obligation or legalism, Lord, but out of joy and delight to know you, to be formed after you, to be to let your spirit and your word cultivate us and prepare us to be the people that you've called us to be for this hour, for the assignments that you've given us, Lord God. We just want to thank you, God, for the opportunity and gift of fasting, praying, giving, these things that could shape us as followers of Christ, that we would be kingdom-hearted disciples that would shine brightly to a world that needs a light right now, that needs the light of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your people. I pray your blessing over Sunrise Christian Center. I thank you for your pleasure, your love, your grace over your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunrise Message of the Week. We continue our series, The Kingdom Heart of the Disciple, next week. Check it out.